Day one, in fact, uh, I have with me my new uh, interview co-host, Tony, and in front of us is uh, famed Spanish artist, uh, David La Fuente. Nice to see you, I'm being there, hi. How is the convent treating you so far? Ah, good, good. Uh, lots of people came by the table, uh, good vibes. Uh, Friendly. I've had the chance to walk around a bit, and it's packed with uh, with people. I'm having a good time so far. Yeah. Let's get back to you and your um, comics career. You're from Spain. How did you enter into American comics? Um, it was a, a weird way. Um, I was working as a, a cartoonist for a newspaper. For a local newspaper in my, my hometown, I'm from I'm from Asturias in the in the north and to the left uh, of Spain, and um, and I was also doing freelance illustration and trying to get started uh, doing some comics for the Spanish market, and I, I didn't have really um, I didn't know that I I would wind up uh, working for the U.S. market. I had my sights on the French market. I thought that I would fit better there. Um, but uh, through some friends and common friends, uh, an artist uh, named Cano, uh, who used to work uh, on action comics and he's now working for Valiant doing uh, uh, Quantum and Booty, and, uh, and he also did uh, Dial H for Hero and a lot of books. He's been working for maybe 20 years in the industry. He used to work on Superman with Joe Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, action comics, yeah. yeah. And um, he uh, dropped me a line uh, saying if I could help him out uh, with, um, I think it was an issue of Fantastic Four he was doing at the time. Uh, he was a bit late and uh, needed some, some assistant work. So I was like, yeah, sure, that would be fun. And I did that and then uh, we started working together uh, as uh, I was in, uh, in an assistant capacity. We did that for more or less a year. Um, An assistant capacity, that means you're filling in blacks, doing some background? No, because we, we were uh, working remotely. I was still in Asturias oh, right. and he was uh, living right. in Catalonia. So what I would do, depended on the book. He would, he would be, you know, directing uh, uh, which part of the, of the job, of the comic at hand, he would need uh, help with. And he would say, okay, uh, for this one, for example, uh, Iron Fist. Uh, we did uh, some backup stories uh, during uh, David Aja's uh, run. Uh, I would need you to do uh, backgrounds, so go find uh, you know reference for Kunlun and uh, let's fill in uh, with backgrounds. Was it hard to cater your style to what he was doing? No, because we had kind of similar styles uh, in the in the way of uh, we, we um, shared uh, um, influences and uh, had a similar aesthetic. So it wasn't that difficult uh, from that 
from that uh, part of the from that standpoint. It was a bit, a bit tricky because we had to. Um, I not I don't work digitally, and uh, back then uh, even less. So I, I would uh, do the background, scan it, and uh, place it in a kind of a collage. Send it back. He would print it and ink and uh, fill the, the the figures and so on. And so it was it was uh, it was a bit uh, uh, mixed. Yeah. Uh, so we did that in a, in a few books, and uh, and then he he took a like a leap year or something. He 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 decided to go off and, and take some holidays. And were you credited for that assistant work? I did uh, I, I did uh, credit work on an issue of Spider-Man. Funnily enough, yeah. Um, and uh, then I I moved to the UK uh, to live there. And by chance, I, I wound up visiting a convention in Dublin uh, to see some friends and so on. Of course, being a freelance artist, you always carry a portfolio with you, just in case. And um, it, it happened to be there, um, C.V. Sabulski happened to be there as well. At, at the time, he was uh, a headhunter for, for Marvel. He was a talent, like their talent yeah, scout for Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was doing a Chester Quest kind of thing, he, he called it. And um, and since uh, since I was already working for Marvel, I thought I was not like eligible or something. Yeah. So a friend of mine actually brought him to uh, to me. <laughs> and we, and we have, yeah, yeah. It was, I, I owe bring that, him yeah, to me. I, I owe that guy some some dinners. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was it was just uh, that uh, I was a bit shy uh, about them. Sure. So we chatted a bit. He saw the portfolio. And he, he liked it and um, took it back to New York. And uh, a few months later, I got a, a call from uh, Nick Lowe, the current editor of uh, Spider-Man. At the time, he was editing the X-Men line. And uh, he, had, he had done um, a serial with uh, Catherine and Stuart Immonen, uh, of, uh, starring Patsy Walker's Hellcat. And they wanted to expand that into a miniseries. Uh, because but Stuart was already doing Ultimate Spider-Man, so uh, they, they thought that I could, you know, do a good job on that book. So uh, we did some samples, and uh, and then they asked me to do uh, a couple of short stories for X-Men, just to see how I would handle uh, sequentials. Because, um, Was that your first time? doing comics? In that no, no, not, not at all. I, I had done uh, lots of, uh, of comics for the Spanish market and also I, I worked for uh, Semic back in 2003, but uh, I haven't done work for them. So yeah. they, they, in, before giving me a miniseries, they wanted to do how I did uh, yeah. with a short story. And uh, one of them was written by Seburski, uh, funnily enough, as well. Uh, it was uh, um, like X Men Unlimited or something. Um, X Men divided with Stand was yeah, the, the, right, the, right, the, yeah, the yeah, name of the book. The, the current um, yeah. event at that. that um, so you did good on those short stories. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun and uh, we had a, a good working relationship and uh, and then they they greenlit the the miniseries and um, and I was off to do Hellcat and pretty much from them. From then on, I, I started working for the American market exclusively. I just, I didn't uh, have it in my mind that I would uh, uh, ended up 
working for them. I, I just uh, was knocking on, the, on another door. So I was doing uh, projects for, for the French market and uh, ten, getting turned down again and again. It was, was weird. Was there a steep learning curve in learning to work in American comics? Learning um, to work with those kinds of scripts? It was odd. Uh, because I was accustomed to writing my stories and uh, also coloring and doing the lettering. I think uh, doing the lettering was the, the thing that uh, took me the most to get used to it. Uh, leaving enough space for the, for the balloons and so on. So it was a learning curve, um, but um, not a very steep one, I don't know. Um, I was also kind of battling with, uh, with style. So that, that was uh, more than uh, dealing with the script which I had some experience uh, as an assistant and uh, before as an artist for, you know, the, the, the Semic stories I did was with Jean-Marc Lafissier and... Uh, oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he writes very much, uh, or, or used to do, uh, very much American style. Um, no, it was... Uh, but you, you were looking uh, at the same time for how am I going... Uh, what is my kind of drawing style going to be maybe? Yeah, um, I was thinking, this is maybe a specific, uh, too specific, but I was going through an evolution uh, in terms of uh, figure work and, and inking. I, I think I had a, um, a good grasp of where I wanted to go in terms of storytelling. Um, but I, I was uh, a bit unsure uh, when it comes to, to, to the inking. For example, I was doing a lot of texture and uh, dry brush and uh, charcoal uh, during most of Hellcat and uh, the first few issues of uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man was the longest book I've, I've ever done. And uh, it's, it's almost like I, I walk in as one artist and I walk out as a very yeah. different one cleaner, mean, uh, leaner in a way, and uh, so that was interesting. Were there any More specific... I would say. Well. Oh, thank you, thank yeah. you. Were there any specific influences that you looked to for storytelling purposes? For storytelling, yeah. At the time, I was very influenced by Javier Pulido's work in, uh, in uh, Human Target and Catwoman yeah, and, yeah. and all those books, and also his Spanish work. His... Um, He's also influenced by the likes of uh, Alex Todd and, and right. later Masukele. Uh, clean, uh, lots of profiles, uh, establishing the, the shot at least once, if not twice every, in every page. So I wasn't into that uh, storytelling. That evolved a little uh, over, uh, over the time uh, in order to uh, push for spectacularity and, uh, and that kind of thing. But uh, that was one of my main influences. When I was working, when I started working uh, on, on Spider-Man, I discovered the, not like discovered, but I really got into the work of Roy Crane, uh, Buzz, uh, Buzz Sawyer and Wash um, Tabs. Um, and who is that? Roy Crane. He's a, an artist um, contemporary to... Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about yeah. it. Uh, the Alex Raymond, Harold Foster, right. yeah, yeah, and the, the uh, Mil evil. Milton, Milton Caniff. No, not at all. No. He, he was like Bruce Timm 50 years before right. Bruce Timm. Yeah. And um, 
really look out, uh, look uh, for uh, Captain Easy, the Sunday Sunday pages and the reprints uh, that EDW and uh, no Fantagraphics, sorry, Fantagraphics is doing very um, clean, uh, bold stuff. You know, uh, using uh, very little shadow and uh, maybe a, a gray scale. You know, just one gray to to, to define, and and you find that guy's influence all over the place. It's like uh, what we what we just call cartoony animated is actually coming from, from comic strips of the 30s and 40s. And uh, it was very bold stuff. I, I really, really like it. Like Sultry's Tiger was uh, a story in... in, in I, am, I am mixing them now. I think it's Captain Easy, but don't, don't hold me to that. Beautiful, clean lines, not, not nothing uh, extra, no rendering to the minimum, and uh, also great storytelling, you know, because uh, for, for comic strips you, you really had to, to know what you were doing. Uh, so that guy, um, I started studying him uh, a lot, trying to do more with less. And not only in terms of uh, faces, you know, uh, faces, I mean figures, the rendering uh, and so on, but also in terms of how can I present uh, this scene um, in, a, in an economic way, but also, you know, clear, clear yeah. storytelling, yeah. Also, I, I think it was because uh, I, I got tired of doing the, the rendering of, with the dry brush yeah. and, and so on. It felt like... Um, for Hellcat it worked, but somehow I didn't see it working as well in Spider-Man. Uh, I'm very proud of those issues, uh, of course. But um, towards the end of the of the of my run, it's like um, I started to feel okay. Now I'm getting it. Now now I'm getting it. Getting how I, what I wanted to do with the character. That's something that happens sometimes. That uh, you get an assignment and uh, it takes you some time to, to get used to the characters, to know how to, to really uh, render them in a, in a good way. When I was drawing um, All New Duke, uh, the potato, uh, the, I really got uh, quickly, you know, maybe three pages. By the end of issue one, I knew how to do everything not everything. Uh, with uh, in terms of how to represent the uh, Duke, but Kitty Pride, who was uh, core star in the book, took me a while. It's like, um, and it's again, it's very small kind of details, but how to draw the ponytail in a in a way that was uh, both makes sense because uh, this story was in the continuity with uh, what other artists were doing but also in a way that uh, I could express yeah, yeah are you drawn to those kinds of characters because I I think that characters like Hellcat and Spider-Man and Duke they sort of have a strong dynamic like there's a lot of expressiveness going yeah, on yeah they're playful yeah is um, that something you go look for or is it just coincidence that those things came across your path I think that they those are the kind of books that um, editors think, okay, uh, you have a clean line, you, have, you, you know how to draw um, young characters, so 
yeah. this is the, here's an ex-babies miniseries. Yeah, yeah, why not? Uh, oh, here, here is uh, you and, know, a Rick Jones story or whatever. Do you feel that maybe your cleaner line was starting to pigeonhole you a little bit? That they were giving you those assignments? Mm -hmm. Were you looking for something else, or were you okay? Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna steal uh, an answer from. Sure. Uh, um, How's the name of the actor who played the uh, Grand Moff Tarkin in, in Star Wars? Uh, Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. <laughs> Peter Cushing got asked, okay, are you tired of playing Frankenstein in the Hammer movies? And it's like, well, people do enjoy... I'm not going to do any, any of this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> people get, get the enjoyment out of this, and I am really, really fun uh, doing it. And also, I like to try other stuff, and I, I have from time to time. So it's like, uh, if I am pigeonholed, I'm gonna find enjoyment in it, and if I'm not doing the the stuff I am most most known for, I'll find entertainment in that as well. Uh, when when I I did uh, the Neil Gaiman uh, thing, the Graveyard Book, yeah, the adaptation, I I was very you know like surprised that I got the the offer because uh, usually you expect they they would ask uh, like uh, a darker kind yeah. of artist, you know. And uh, so I, I got to play around a bit with uh, shadowing and the uh, compositions and so on. So it was great, great fun. But still, it was a kid and it was a, a, a teenagers in a, in a high school. Yeah. So it wasn't far off from the stuff yeah. I'd done, but uh, it was good, it was good. So you said that um Ultimate Spider-Man was your longest run on the book? Uh, so far, I think, yeah. And um, as um, uh, uh, Bendis was hyping you up as uh, the next big thing, and Marvel seemed to uh, enjoy having you around as well, you, you seemed to be primed to be their big artist, but you sort of like transitioned more into less sequentials, more cover work? Yeah, uh, yeah they, they gave me an exclusive and everything back yeah. then. The thing is that um, on, on, going, on going books, they take a toll on you, um, if you if you let them, of course. But uh, at the time I was doing, you know, 15 hours some days, 12 hours over days, other days, uh, Monday to Sunday. I, I think it was an entire year without holidays or days off. And by the end of the of the run of um, Spider-Man, I was really, really tired, really weary. I, you know, I think I got paler even uh, from not going out uh, of the house. So I, I needed a break, and um, I, I just asked them to release me from from the Ultimate Spider-Man book because I was just so tired. Yeah. It was a shame because I I had it in my head that I wanted to do. Uh, four, uh, four trade paperbacks, and I, and I ended up doing only two and a half. And, uh, but the thing is, if you you have to find a balance between what you can do and what uh, while having a, a life, healthy, yeah, healthy it, personal life. Yeah, it's, it's still a job. Um, it is, and uh, it's also you know. Um, a career move and yeah, so on, yeah. but sometimes career has to suffer in order to to be happier in your personal life. And um, yeah, maybe uh, if if I had drawn 
you know, in a different way. Uh, maybe uh, doing less hours, it would have gone in another way. But uh, it played that way. Um, right now I am doing uh, a book for Image with Kieran Gillen, and I am doing a book for the Dupuy uh, with Kit Toussaint. So I am doing who? Kit Toussaint. Uh, he's, the, he's a writer on uh, uh, Magic 7, uh, a book for kids. Uh, it's, quite, it's quite popular. I wanted to ask you yeah. what motivated your decision to transition from Marvel to Valiant afterwards. Because I know you did all new X Men afterwards for a bit with Vince, Yeah, I did. I, uh, it was I, I, a new mutants. And, and then uh, uh, DC work was in between there as well. Yeah, part. I did yeah. Uh, some Batman, Batgirl, and. Uh, Batgirl, uh, Batman Eternal. Yeah, you Batman Eternal. Pinch hit with uh, some. What, what was that work like? How, how were you assigned what you did on. Um, on a title like that, um, I think uh, you know I was I was new to the company, and uh, and the editor uh, at the time was doing the, the the Batman books, and he was like, hey, we have this book that is basically an anthology because it's weekly. Um, let's do this book and see where we can go from here. And uh, I had a great time. I mean, Batman. Uh, everybody has a version of Batman, and I got to do mine. Um, and also Bluebird, that, that was a fun character. And then um, we were looking for, for something to do. They offered me an ongoing, and uh, I wasn't sure about taking it because I, I was gearing up to do uh, the book I am doing with uh, Kieran now. We wanted to do it then, and uh, we had a, he had a schedule problem, I had a schedule problem, and then uh, DC had to move on with, uh, with the ongoing, they, they couldn't uh, wait for me. So in the end, I didn't do the Ludocrats at the time, and I didn't do the DC ongoing. So I, I find myself yeah. uh, wanting to stability. So in comes uh, Valiant, and they offered me um, to, okay, come, come work for us, uh, we have all these characters. And uh, I didn't know the characters beyond X amount of War. And that was kind of a, a positive because it's like um, when you draw Batman, you are you know going not going against, but kind of you are. Well, you 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 have the weight of seventy years of exactly. other artists that have been uh, around, even if you didn't want them to. It's it's a it's a big but legacy. Valiant is pretty obscure. In a way, it is. Yeah. So, uh, if you do your, your version of, uh, you know, Archer and Anson or Exo Manowar or uh, Shadow Man, no, less people will complain. There is less people. Uh, <laughs> and, and you have maybe, to avoid in the terms of a style. You're maybe number six in line to do it. Maybe, yeah, yeah, so yeah. You could establish. You could be. Um, um, Frank Miller on Daredevil and established <laughs> yes, the style yeah. for the next 30 years, right? Yeah, that was that was something interesting, and I, I they offered me to do also to design characters, to do work as a character designer. And fish. Uh, sorry, what? The fish. That was actually a Rafael Roberts. Joey the fish? Joey, Joey Jimmy? Uh, the, the, the mackerel. Yeah, uh, the mackerel. That was it, yeah. That was actually Rafael Roberts' design. I, yeah. I, I designed... Uh, what did I design? Um, well, I I did a version of um, uh, the Soviet bears, the, the Stalin bears characters. I designed some of those and, and a bunch of others that I, I still uh, I think they, they haven't uh, used them yet. Yeah. And um, and yeah, we, we had a, a very good deal. They offered me a very good deal, 
and an exclusive. And at the time, I was wait, I was aiming to to do something. <coughs> Sorry, um, something. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> something stable, right? Like you steady. Yeah, steady. So they offered me the, the ongoing of uh, Archer. Actually, they, they offered me like a bunch of calls, and I did like uh, almost, uh, you know, one X amount of war, another of this, another of this, another of this. And when they saw the Archer one, it's like, do you want to do it? Do you want to do the ongoing? This, this looks fun. I was like, let's do that. So that was, that was good. And uh, Rafael was uh, kind of new. Like he was doing also only indie work at the time. And uh, so that was exciting to see what, what could come out of that. And uh, we did that for what? A year. Uh, a year uh, working exclusively for Valiant. And, uh, and then some more as, uh, as cover artists only. So it was, it was good. Uh, in term, and and it, it felt like I transitioned into, into cover artist only because after Archer and Armstrong, I, uh, I did very little. I think in 2007, I only did uh, what um, a story for Harley Quinn for the 25th anniversary special, which was very fun. And then uh, a Wonder Woman story that uh, it was released. It wasn't annual. It was released the, the same week the movie came out. So that was fun as well. Yeah. And uh, lots of covers for uh, yeah, Valiant, uh, Boom, EDW, uh, Archie. Let's not talk about Archie. Um, what else? Mm -hmm. I can't remember. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. And uh, aside from uh, Ludocrats, you had one other, uh, one other thing on the back burner right now? Uh, yeah, the, the French uh, the, the, the book for the Franco-Belgian uh, yeah, the, the, the Dupree. Yeah, that, that's yeah. right. So, um, uh, the, the Ludocrats is um, is this a, a also a kind of an ongoing, like a, an image ongoing where you have a longer story but you um, take some breaks in between? The idea is, is to do a miniseries to start. Yeah. And uh, we've discussed the possibility of it being a series of miniseries. But we just want to do this one series, make it really fun, really cool, and overwork it, uh, and then see how, how readers react. I mean, uh, Kieran Gillen readers are, are, are very... Um, uh, uh, there are lots, and, yeah. <laughs> and they are very faithful. And, um, and we think that maybe people who, who like my stuff on, on Spider-Man or, or Archer or... or New Mutants will uh, come to this one as well. So let's see how it plays out. Yeah. I don't want to say... And aside from that, are you uh, are, are you looking to, to go back to Marvel maybe? Try something there? I, actually, I closed something the, this week, but I can't talk about it yet. Okay. It's a short thing. It's yeah. uh, only two issues, but uh, it should be pretty sweet. This so, might be a bit more specific, but I follow you on Twitter, yeah. and I've seen you do like uh, art designs for like a Dune book. Is that something oh, you might want to do in the future? Or was, is that just wishful yeah, yeah. thinking? I was testing. Um, I'm, I'm currently my my drawing technique. I, I do digital pencils, and I I do traditional inks. I just print the pencils and I ink traditionally on, on paper. But I was uh, testing. Uh, 
the software and I used Procreate and an iPad to draw. And I was trying to, to see if I could do um, digital inks and as well as coloring for, you know, how, uh, how it would affect the style, speed and so on. And I, I was just, you know, playing around and I thought, I would love to do a Doom book. Uh, I was uh, rereading the book at the time. Um, and I remember that Boone uh, announced uh, a few years ago that they were going to adapt the novels and uh, nothing came of it. And uh, it's only, you know, the only adaptation is still the, the, the Sinkiewicz one. Uh, with, uh, right. yeah, with yeah, 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 for, for Marvel. Yeah, yeah, for Marvel. But, uh, but isn't that one of those infamous ones where it, uh, or no, he, he did um, character designs for the movie as well. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Sure. Moebius did that. Did, no, the, sorry. Did no, no Moebius was for the version, the, uh, the Jodorowsky, yeah, Jodorowsky version. Jodorowsky. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I might have. But, well, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm thinking um, the 2001 adaptation by Jack Kirby was something where he barely even saw script. <laughs> And I'm, I'm confusing with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, those, those early adaptations, there are some fun stories in there. Yeah. And how, how different they are from the finished product, yeah. Yeah, uh, the, the Dune adaptation um, by Makio and uh, Sinkiewicz is pretty good. Uh, I think considering how much stuff they had to, to cram into 48 pages yeah. or 50, something yeah. like that. Um, I think Sinkiewicz was picked uh, in big form. And, uh, and it was good, but at the same time, you know, I had all these ideas for, for this visual, for how to represent uh, all those those concepts, and so I just I was just playing around, and I started posting it on Twitter, and people were like, "Are you doing a Doom book?" Yeah, it's like, cool. oh, well, no. Who, who <laughs> has the rights right now? Um, Maybe David Lafuente <laughs> does. <laughs> yeah, it would be fun. It would be fun. Yeah. At the same time, those those kind of licenses, I think they they are very difficult uh, to to handle well, because I mean, EDW and Boom and Dark Horse uh, do a lot of their business uh, with those. But you know, sometimes, and I don't mean this as a as a, a harsh critique or anything. I mean just as a reader, I I really like uh, Star Trek. So I, I pick up a Star Trek book and it's like, this book is fun. This story is, is great in terms of, you know, both as a, as a comic book and both as part of a, a canon or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Why the fuck do you draw tracing faces from actors? Yeah, yeah. Just do whatever, you know. If you do Han Solo or you do Captain Picard and you put them in a, in a uniform and it's a bold dude and a dude with a vest, <laughs> they are the characters. Just. Forget about the, the likenesses, and uh, and I guess it's part of the licensing deals that they, they can't avoid that. It, it depends sometimes. The um, Buffy licensing is is better on, in that uh, respect. They're, they're more cartooning. Uh, yeah, they're, they're good. Uh, yeah, I, I read good good books uh, from that. The, the Spike one was fun. Angel was fun. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like I feel like the, those artists um, when. When I've seen their, their work uh, without the license and the likeness burden, they are better, I, yeah. I mean, for my taste. So it's like, 
let them free. Let I them think that's also the reason why Dune would be such fruitful ground because there hasn't been like a definitive film or TV that's series. That's it. That's it. And yeah. there's such a wild imagination. And you already books. have the um, Kyle MacLachlan adaptation yeah. with uh, the with Sienkiewicz uh, sort of. So yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, you see, for example, I when I was drawing this this test. Uh, I, I thought, hey, let's go back and watch the the sci-fi miniseries with uh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the dude, that dude, uh, the William Hart, and uh, I, I can't remember the, the actor's name, uh, who played Muad'Dib. And I was like, man, they were trying to copy episode one, The Phantom Menace. <laughs> it's like, don't do that. Don't. Just don't. And uh, it felt like, I mean, Vittorio Storaro did the... the the photography for that one, that 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 guy did the uh, apocalypse now. So really, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. He must have lost a pet or something. <laughs> Sorry, that was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I mean the coloring, uh, it was very bold. Uh, lo lots of uh, you know reds, greens, uh, and, and blues, very striking. The the eyes, I think, of the Fremen was the best version of those yeah. are on the on the TV show. Um, but at the same time, the, the, the designs of the, the technology and of the, um, you know, the steel suits and so on, I feel, it felt like eh, you could do something more with this, you could, you know. But of course that's the difference between having it as a TV show where it actually has to be built as well. Yeah. And they only have that much budget. Yeah, you it's can, like... Mm, you can just go insane. And, and say, well, but, this is what those look like. But it seems now. like Dune is sort of like a very fruitful property because I remember years ago Paul Pope did like a short story. Yeah, that was, that was beautiful. And it's wildly different from what you're doing. So I feel like it's such a cool True. property. Well, to, like you to said, there good. isn't a, a definitive... Th th there's no... Um, what's the, um, the visual artist for Star Wars? Ralph McQuarrie. Yeah, there's no McQuarrie <laughs> yeah. who says this is how everything yeah. works. Yeah. That's and true. that is the style that everyone uses. You have some covers and you have uh, some TV and, and movie things, but there's true. not really... Yeah, there is plenty of, uh, of uh, painters and illustrators who yeah. have done their take. But it's not like Alan Lee uh, yeah, and for, John Howe. Lord of the Rings. For Lord of the Rings. It's like, yeah. this is what it's going to look like. Yeah. Love looks like this. Hobbit looks like yeah. this. And um, or, and there isn't uh, a lot of the rings uh, that defines uh, the movie, you know. So yeah, I think uh, a comic book, a Doom comic book, could be fantastic. Again, I think they should do it. Um, they should give it to somebody who's passionate about the material and also one creative team only. You know, yeah, like sure. maybe give it to if they are interested, which of course they aren't. But uh, to Brian K. Vaughan and, and Fiona Staples, you know, and it's like, do it, do it, yeah. do a year of this or do two years of this, and and do do your thing, or uh, give it to, you know. I think Image has this great solid as rock uh, creative teams, and uh, and that's the kind of comics I, I really. I really admire and, and think they have a strong personality. That's what uh, I would love to, to see. Not me, I guess, uh, doing doing Dune. I don't see I that happening. But um, Dune is very um, science fiction. Yeah. You haven't really done that. Is that something you would like to do? Oh tackle? man, I've been I would dying. Like to see you here. I've been yeah, dying I, to do I, that. I, because I, I enjoy the way you design things. 
and science fiction is something where design is so important. Yeah, I, I really, I really like uh, designing technology and, uh, and sci-fi stuff, and, and it's my favorite genre, hands down. Uh, it's the, the genre I've read more books, seen movies, uh, reading comics of. At the same time, I, I, I haven't found myself doing uh, one that is proper crazy world building or anything like that, you know. I can do a Star Wars. Somebody call <laughs> me to do Star Wars, for fuck's sake. And, um, but yeah, Ludocrats is proper sci-fi as well as fantasy. And uh, the one, the book I'm doing for Dupuy is also sci-fi. Okay, so I am now doing like uh, exercising yeah, that, stretching that edge. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Still, I am I am designing two comics that are uh, in my head at least. Uh, that's for other people to decide. Polar opposites. One is uh, Ludocrats is very, very aristocratic, very uh, kind of. Um, Crazy castles, uh, ca like a costume uh, space, space opera. opera. Space opera, opera, definitely. And uh, the, the the Pui book is very grounded, uh, more dirty, more hard sci-fi, more, yeah. sci more uh, you know. The, the, here is a, yeah. some plants in a so, corner. Yeah, here is uh, a, a, a dirt on the street. amount of time into the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's close in, in time. Yeah. 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 yeah, And the other is not even Earth, you know. <laughs> And, and still, I'm thinking, yeah, wouldn't it be cool if I would do this other thing, you know? So, yeah, sci-fi I would do until the day I die. The thing is that uh, you have to find the project. Or, yeah, or, yeah. Or, uh, it's for Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but of course, there's there's a lot of a lot of sci-fi at that image. For the, um, some some people, I, I don't mind. Uh, I, I pick the, the books by the. Um, the creative teams that, that I enjoy the, and, and if that's what they want to do that's what they want to do yeah. but there's the, the image is turning a bit into a, a sci-fi mill maybe where it's hard to see um, the, the, the good stuff in between maybe the yeah because it, it, it's uh, it's almost like it. getting yeah. a genre polished as a genre yeah yeah I know what you mean um, I, I, I talk about six years ago, yeah, right? I talk about uh, about this with uh, with all, with friends and uh, David Lopez, uh, Spanish artist and uh, holy shit, he's done so much. Fallen Angel, Catwoman, uh, more recently X Men, the the X Women uh, team, and uh, Captain Marvel and so on. David Lopez, yeah, that's oh, it. Okay. And uh, Lopez and I have also love uh, rom coms. Uh, and, uh, and it's like, man, we should do like uh, a book together, and uh, that it's like Mean Girls, or you know, or um, uh, Kimmy Schmidt, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So are these story ideas you would be developing on your own? Would you write them as well? Would you uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a short stories from time to time. I have uh, one uh, that is half drawn right now. It's a horror story. Another that it's a fantasy, a kind of a middle-earth kind of thing. But those I do for myself, and I post some snippets on, on Twitter and, uh, and Instagram from time to time. I, I hope to collect them eventually in, a, in, a, in an art book. I have an art book that I've been collecting material for the past two years. And it's all brand new material, uh, never before seen. Uh, lots of uh, uh, ink sketches, Inktober, two Inktobers, 
as well as uh, yeah maybe uh, 30 40 pages of comics cool. and uh, I hope to put it out maybe after ludocrats uh, so people who bought the book Okay. Is there an ETA for Ludicrats? No, or? not at all. No, no, no. That's the thing with Creator Own. I mean, I don't get into Creator Own to do the same uh, deadline yeah. uh, intense uh, yeah. work that I do for uh, the big two. So the thing is, we're going to do it, maybe the entire book, and then we're soliciting it. So it's going to come out monthly, for sure. Um, even if I am, I die or something like that, it would come out monthly. Um, and the book, I want to give the book a chance to be all it can be uh, in, in terms of, uh, of the... You don't the want artwork. to be compromised by deadlines or No, not at all. But you are already, this is uh, actively your next project. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I just mean, don't uh, have a deadline. Probably I'll, uh, I'll have to pause a bit for the, the Marvel assignment. Yeah. It's still hash hash. But uh, yeah, uh, Ludocrats is the book. The book. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Ah, a you're very, welcome. very nice interview. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. That's a work less hard than we did with Brian Azzarello. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're not. Um, uh, how should I say? It? You're. You're not. Um, less world weary yet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you still have a bit more enthusiasm for stuff. Oh, do you have uh, like guys who are? Uh, well, we just did a panel with uh, Brian Azzarello, and oh. um, as uh, I, I listened to the um, John Sanford's word balloon, yeah. where he ha he's had him for a few times, and afterwards he always says, "I have, you to, have fight to fight for every yeah. word with Brian." So I was a bit intimidated. But it was good. It was good. He was in, in very good spirits. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Must be the Belgian weather, yeah, or the Thank beer. You. I think uh, more likely uh, the beer than the. <laughs> There is a Spanish artist uh, called Francis Portela, and yeah, uh, they, they call him uh, uh, Brian Azzarello's stunt double <laughs> because of the beard <laughs> and his bald oh, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's a, a lot of very talented Spanish artists. Yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Cano and Portela. Ah, Emma. Javier Rodriguez is kicking ass now. Uh, he's been doing uh, Spider Woman yeah. and now and, he's uh, doing Exiles. Marcus Martin. Oh, he's great. Polido, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys are, are a bit. Emma is my, my age, more or less, but uh, yeah. those other Marcus guys Martin are. Is already is, uh, 10, 15 years around. older yeah, than, yeah. than me, and I, and I used to look up to them when I was uh, in my teens, you know. So. Yeah, Javier was also from my hometown and uh, kind of mentored me. Uh, a bit, uh, so so those guys I, I, I really admire. I think the it was a different time because back then there was only you know Carlos Pacheco and uh, Salvador La Roca doing comics for the states. Yeah, yeah. The rest of uh, of the Spanish was you know trying to go into France or yeah, yeah. or Italy, you know. So they were to, you know showing the the way. So did you grow up reading American comics, or is that something that you just... Actually, I didn't. I, I, I was... Uh, I was When I was growing up, um, my, my family and, uh, you know, my, my mom and my older brothers were all into reading comics. But uh, are you recording this as well? Yeah, sure. excellent. <laughs>
uh, yeah, my, my family was into reading comics, so comics were already there when I, when I got to the house, so to speak. Um, but I was more into Spanish comics and uh, French and Italian. And, uh, and, and later, those Spanish comics? Uh, Super Lopez uh, by Han. Uh, I don't think most yeah, have no. travel outside. Yeah. Uh, Mortadelo, also Carpanta, and all this. Uh, Escobar is an author that I was I was very fond of. Also uh, Ibanez, also Han. Um, because um, Eduardo Riso used to do with um, the writer who Carlos T Carlos, Carlos Trillo. Trillo. Yeah. But, they, but they were uh, Latin was, American, right? Yeah, they were yeah. Argentinian. Those yeah. are uh, because I like uh, all, all the readers. Kind it's, of it's funny how that works, because I remember interviewing him and him saying, I was trying to get into the Spanish and French market. <laughs> and that's uh, you're trying to get in there, and then all of a sudden now it's more everybody's going towards the American, or, or not everybody. But uh, it, it's an age thing. I mean, yeah. in the 70s and 80s, the, the Spanish market, the Spanish market was very strong for certain kind of books for older readers. Yeah. And um, for example, in the 40s and 50s. It was very, very strong for kids' comics, like adventure comics. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, there was a, a book titled, uh, okay, translated, it would be something like The Warrior with a Mask. It was uh, Muslims fighting uh, Christians, and uh, it was a mid Middle Ages kind of uh, adventure comic, and, uh, and a bunch of others in that kind of way, uh, sword fighting and so on. And those were very popular. And then that kind of died. And then the, the adult comics appeared, and of course, many Argentinians were doing comics for the Spanish market, like uh, Horacio Altuna, like uh, uh, Breccia, I think they were, uh, he was doing work as well, uh, Trillo, of course, and then Trillo started working with the Spanish artists like Bernet, and you know, it was a, a good connection. And, and, uh, Melia, Melia? He was working for the Italians. Ah. He was doing uh, Fever 6 for the Italians, yeah. and that was very popular uh, there. But then the 80s uh, ended, and those, those comments kind of disappeared. So the Spanish market was like uh, almost gone from, from the face of the uh, planet. Yeah. But the kids' comics was, were still popular, and those were the ones I was, I was reading. Uh, I, I got back to read all those 70s and 80s comics when I was old, when I was, when I became older, you know, when I grew up. But uh, at the time I was into, yeah, Spanish comics, French, like uh, Tintin and uh, Asterix, less Asterix, I really love Tintin, and still do to this day, and, uh, and manga, you know, in the early 90s, manga exploded yeah, yeah, in, in a, uh, with uh, Dragon Ball and uh, Dragon Quest and... Uh, what else? Uh, Saint Seiya. Saint Seiya was my absolute favorite. <laughs> I did, you, did you see the animated series? I'm one? still crazy about that one. It's, it's the one anime I still watch from time to time. Yeah. I can sing the fucking song in Japanese. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm not proud, but, <laughs> but is, I really love it. Uh, over here, we had um, the animated series first. There was a kid show on the French TV that we used to watch, uh, even though there's 10 years between us, yeah. Yeah. Um, where um, they would have pretty much only animes. So they would have Dragon Ball, um, uh, Goldorak, yeah. 
uh, uh, Messenger, Messenger Z. That oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Saint Seiya, because that was called uh, Les Chevaliers du Zodiac. Yeah, we, we, got, <laughs> we got it from you guys. So yeah. we, we got the, the French version. So it was, it was Cavalier del Zodiac. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and others, uh, uh, less about the. Um, Maison um, uh, and oh, really? Ranma Half was there as well. Yeah, Ranma as well. Captain Tsubasa, which was a, oh, a football man. Fantastic, yeah. <laughs> that was a Campeones in Spain. Yeah. In Spain. That was very popular. And did you, didn't you guys get Sailor Moon? Yes. yes. Sailor Moon Sailor was Moon, amazing. Uh, Cat Size and uh, yeah, Nicky yeah. Larson. Yeah. Uh, City yeah. Hunter. City Hunter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, which was uh, weird Dutch. because I was like eight or nine. And half of an episode of City Hunter would be him chasing a woman, and and her trying to uh, um, fend him off with a ten, <laughs> a ten uh, ton hammer. Yeah, also. Africans, uh, yeah, Africans. you know. <laughs> yeah, the, the violence in in in, uh, in and, Sensei, yeah, and, it's and, kind and of amazing to, yeah, to yeah. you know the amount of blood. The, but I think as a kid you are. Um, since you, you, you have a limited uh, emotional intelligence, you don't associate yeah, with yeah. that. So it's just, it, they're characters. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter, it's, it it's make-believe. So and and the, the things that happen to them are so amazing, not not like the, the yeah, same, it's so incredible. same uh, animation you were used to. Yeah, yeah it's uh, so outlandish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was, and do uh, you still read manga? Of course, uh, I love it. I I read. I try to read everything. Uh, I mean, from yeah. from all over the place. I just find like to find good stuff. Um, what mangas am I currently reading? Okay, I just bought. Uh, I'm, I am a hero. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been recommended that one. I haven't read it. Uh, what else? What else? Do you read Berserk? Uh, no, I got. Um, I got. Uh, Kentaro Miura, right? right? Yeah. I got one volume and I didn't like the style. I, 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 it was too baroque for me. Yeah, sure. So I, I, I didn't I get... Did, I figured that it's it's very, very opposite from what you're doing. But it's it's so amazing. I've, I've said before that that manga is the thing. If I was on a desert island and that was the only thing I could take, I probably... Really? To read. Right? Really? No Akira. No, no. no. Akira is short. Yeah. Berserk has like... He's planning on 50 oh, volumes. You, you, okay. 50 volumes. Okay, you mean a big suitcase <laughs> yeah, for the yeah, island. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But, but of course, <laughs> Akira is... I just reread Akira. And it's, it, it is amazing, but... Um, just the, the uh, Akira is done, right? and it's yeah. a, and you know the story, and and uh, while while Berserk is doing things with with fantasy, um, with uh, um, like the, the f uh, um, fantasy Middle Ages things that are really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah, and I, more realistic is um, uh, Vinland Saga. Yeah, I like that. I like yeah. Planetes. Uh, yeah. The, the book. The first uh, book right. Yeah, this guy did. Uh, Guy or a woman, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, that was a solid one. And Vinland Saga, I read a couple of chapters. I still haven't gotten into it. Um, Adrift in Life, I, I, I've, been mini, I've been getting into more Tatsumi and more uh, uh, Shigeru Mizuki. I, I, Shigeru Mizuki is a classic, classic uh, dude. He did um, Kitaro. It was a horror manga. Very good. And uh, he also did like uh, one shots of uh, you know yeah, different yeah, yeah. Uh, genres. I I read one uh, that was uh, about uh, it's a war story called, titled "Onwards Towards Our Noble Deaths," and it's both hilarious and the most fucking depressing thing you've ever read. 
and and the the artwork is very caricature, you know, um, you know, beyond uh, Frank Khan or anything like that. Yeah. So it's it's incredible how how he manages to to tell the story that's so dark and, and bleak at times uh, with uh, using those yeah. iconic uh, F- funny looking yeah, characters. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, also I've been reading uh, this one series and the title escapes me. It's like something like German Gun or something like that. It's about um, a, a passage uh, in the Alps um, that is... Uh, okay, you follow this, these characters, okay? In the first story, it's uh, a knight and a, and a princess and they have to smuggle her into Italy. This, the, 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 the passage is, is in France. <laughs> Yeah, because the the dynasty has been overtaken yeah. by a, a ruthless yeah. uh, kind of guy. Uh, so, so the bad dude sends out uh, spies and killers to find uh, these two, and they have to to pass through this castle, which in the mountain, uh, which is in the mountains. And you say, oh, this is great. This is a story. It's a, it's about following these two. They are going to escape into Italy, and we're gonna find this all these adventures. Now they, they both get decapitated in pages 40, because the story is about the castle, and it's about uh, the a, a tavern who's hosted by uh, this woman, uh, who is uh, kind of a great character. You don't know if, if she's good or she's bad. She kind of plays uh, uh, for herself, but yeah. also has a good heart. And uh, the guy who is the, the the guy in charge of the of the castle who is completely batshit crazy and just likes to torture people. It's like Joffrey times ten, <laughs> you know. And it, it's very very interesting. It's it, it functions as short stories with brand new characters because all they they all die, you know. <laughs> and also like a, um, a saga. So yeah. it, it's the kind of book you recommend something to somebody who is uh, really into Game of Thrones. It's like, oh, you read this, you'll suffer as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember something like that in uh, Gunt. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, I liked it. I, have you read the new one? By, by no, not yet. I've, I've read the first one, and it, it didn't um, surprise me as much as, uh, as yeah. Gunt did, maybe. Yeah. And then I sort of got distracted by 15 other titles that I'm reading. The second one uh, focuses more on the on the other. There, there is another uh, who, uh, who lives yeah. through spoilers. They are robots uh, through that uh, experience. Well, they're on the cover as robots. So yeah. Well, but, uh, <laughs> last last hero is the, the manga we're talking about. So it, it centers more on the other guy, and the other guy is is a psychopath. He's complete total psychopath, and uh, it, it it gets very intense and kind of uncomfortable at times and in volume 3 it definitely is uncomfortable and it's like it, it felt like a chore to, to yeah, finish yeah, it because it's <laughs> You're really selling that, it that, that is, <laughs> speaks volumes about the, the yeah, capacity yeah. of the of the artist I mean the, the, the writer and artist uh, team because they they stay is what you say it, it's very very decompressed the storytelling but stays and stays and stays with the characters and uh, the, the tension is yeah. building. It's, it's especially that where you're going, some, something needs to happen here and it hasn't happened yet. But you are, my it's feeling gripping, yeah, it's yeah. white yeah. knuckling. Uh, I also liked uh, Bakuman, uh, that was a fun one. Do you know this one? It's about comic book artists. I, I, yeah, it, it's yeah, from, yeah, from, yeah, the, from the Death Note people, the, yeah. the, the authors on Death Note. Yeah, well, 
Death Note sort of burned themselves. Uh, it, it once L died, I figured now you're spoilers. Just I, I didn't know that. No, <laughs> it's I, like ten years I, old. I only I only read volume one, and yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, it's fine, but yeah. it, it didn't grab me. Yeah. Uh, and older ones, like uh, uh, one of my all-time favorites still is Lone Wolf and Cub, of course. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a great, that's a classic. Yeah. The thing is that uh, it's like a, I've read a, a few stories and it's like, okay, I, I now have to go and, and read other stuff. Uh, okay, yeah. I don't know why it, it doesn't, uh, I, maybe it's because I don't care that much about, about samurai and running and that kind of uh, yeah. per, period of story. Yeah. But yeah, definitely it's a great, great book. Um, there is one I really liked. Uh, it's titled uh, um, "You Are My Pet," and it's about a relationship between. Uh, I heard about that. One. About uh, girl and her cat. No, no, no. It, it's a <laughs> it's a, a businesswoman kind of uh, you know uh, in between thirties and forties, and uh, like a dancer, like a a guy in his twenties who is uh, living in the street, and she kind of picks him up and uh, takes care of him at home and it's like are these two like an item now what this is a weird relationship yeah. but they care about each other and there is dependence uh, on, on both emotionally and, uh, and uh, it's it's uh, it's really very, interesting. It sounds very Japanese yeah. as a, as a story yeah. idea. Yeah, it's great. Something, yeah. It's great. I mean, um, it's the kind of you know. If it was a movie, it would be a, a movie by, uh, by you know, Adrian Lyne or something like that. But uh, it's being a manga, I love it. That they, they, they tell all these kinds of stories. I read a, a, a manga about uh, wine connoisseurs. Yeah, it's like, I heard about that one God as well. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't imagine, you know, Dark Horse publishing a, a, a comic book, an ongoing, about wine, about wine, wine connoisseurs. connoisseurs. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Kazuo Koike did, did a manga, I think that ran for an incredible amount of volumes about golf. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> What's more exciting than golf? Come on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that is to say. I guess the Japanese are more fearless in what they yeah, want yeah. to. Well, actually, it, it's a very logical, it's a logical step. I mean, a path to take. You. Golf, it's a human activity that a lot of people yeah. enjoy. And there are movies about golf. Not a lot, but there are. Why wouldn't there uh, be, uh, you if, know, comics you have, about something yeah. that... If you have compelling people. characters, it doesn't really matter. What yeah, the, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Craig Russell has been adapting operas for ages. And, and uh, of course, if you try to market operas or comics about sports to... Superhero readers, it's not going to uh, to go well. But if you try to market them towards sports fans and music fans, probably better. Yeah. I mean, um, perhaps you remember this when uh, DC got the license to do Gears of War, the video game. It was like 2006 or something like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and they got. I think it was either Ortega or Dysart was writing the book and Liam Sharp was drawing it. I think they sold um, a quarter of a million copies because they send the comics to game shops. Yeah. So it's like uh, somebody goes to buy, you know, Gears of War, yeah. whatever. 
and uh, they and have that's 60 they bucks, ha and next to it is a comic. It's a comic book for three, for <laughs> yeah. you know, the trade paperback is ten. Yeah, and it's like it's the same dude uh, with the with the chainsaw. Let, let's get this. So yeah, I think uh, for in the direct market it didn't do that well. Yeah. But uh, in the but they had those um, uh, loot crate things where oh, they, they yeah, loot yeah, crate yeah. bought like a half a million of an issue one of, of some sort of uh, some title that linked into the other stuff that was in the box. Yeah, uh, maybe Walking Dead. They, they did yeah, some, Walking, that with yeah. Walking Dead. Yeah. And I think that that will work for a while. But then then um, publishers will have the, the glut tendency, right? Where they will go, oh, this works. Let's buy another yeah, ten licenses. Yeah. <laughs> the thing with, with that is that you you need to make a comic book that is interesting. You you can't just slap together or whatever, because it's on then it's only the license. But if you are doing, you know, the example you you guys uh, made with Buffy and, and Angel, if you are doing uh, using a brand to tell interesting stories, it's you know like a sugar sugar full a spoonful of sugar. It's like okay, you yeah. have comics, and the the, the the sugar is the brand. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I always feel like with all these superhero movies coming out, there's very little crossover between people who go to superhero movies and people who read well, the comics. But how then, many how many novels, James Bond novels, have you guys read? I mean, zero. <laughs> okay, I read one, and it was boring as fuck. It was Goldfinger, and they had golf in it. <laughs> Lots of golf. Yeah. The entire midsection. Yeah, yeah. It's like this is exciting. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Now, Goldfinger is about to uh, and then you make have a foul or yeah. whatever they do in golf. You know? Oh yeah, good God! But it is an interesting proposition to maybe sort of market it more towards other fields. It's been tried. Yeah, it, yeah it, it works at at certain times, but it's mm -hmm. not it's not um, um, a continuous business plan, I think. Yeah, that's true. Um, it, it's difficult, it's difficult, but uh, it's, it's definitely not impossible. And since the other thing is, 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 is being done, you know, might as well try anything, you know. It's true. Throw it against the wall, if it sticks, sticks, and if it doesn't, well, it doesn't. That's it. I, I think it's only, it can only be lead to, to good stuff for publishers, readers, and authors. So, why not? Let's do Dune. <laughs> yeah, yes. would be very cool. Yes, that, that is the, cool. the, um, uh, the conclusion. David LaFuente yeah. will do Dune. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. I mean, 300 pages. I mean, writing it as well, I'll just get the, the sentences from the book. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah like an adaptation. Good. Yeah, make it big, huge, cool. That would be cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, guys. Okay. Thanks Thank again. You. Thank you again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll splice that up a little bit. It's fine. Thank you so much. You're welcome.
I know you.